whenever I see a really great image, I think, whoa, there's something to, to aspire to. And there are some people out there that really do inspire and they keep you focused and motivated to make your photography even better. You're listening to Photography Conversations, where Tomasz shares with you his comprehensive interviews with passionate photographers and the most innovative photo industry leaders, developers, and influencers. This podcast will help you stay an inspired and well-informed photographer. Hello, hello, photography lovers. How is it going? Today, I have another fascinating conversation for you. I talked to a British travel and landscape photographer, Trevor Cole. Trevor publishes images in magazines, calendars and cards. In December 2011, he presented to the Royal Geographic Society. He has also exhibited in Ethiopia, in Switzerland and Ireland. He reached the final of the Travel Photographer of the Year in 2010, 11, 13 and 15 and was also a finalist in the Wanderlust magazine Travel Photographer of the Year in 2013. Without any further ado, here is my conversation with Trevor Cole. Hello, Trevor. I, I'm so, so happy to, to have you today. H how are you doing? Very well, thank you. And very nice to meet you too, Tomasz. The first question I, I often ask my guests is, is very simple. How do you stay inspired? What's the number one thing that, that makes you go out there and photograph? That's a really good question. Um, for many years of my life, I taught geography in international schools overseas. So for me, photography was always a part of that. So all my photography stems from geography and travel. So whenever you see new things, you have new eyes, and then, therefore, the photography becomes much more meaningful. So I guess travel is my main stimulus. Okay, so and you are traveling all over the world. I have seen so many amazing images in your portfolio uh, f uh, of people and landscapes, you know, of different cultures and of, of those people in their environment. So what is it that fascinates you about those people? Are there any answers you are trying to get, you know, through your photography when, when photographing them? Well, I've, I've always had a, uh, an interest in indigenous people, those that have been in situ on the spot for a very long period of time, i.e. the tribes of, of southwest Ethiopia. And I've just come back from a trip to Papua New Guinea, where mm -hmm. I uh, went to the Highland Show. It, I, I guess it's the way they live and the way they still connect to nature, something that's been lost largely in our more developed world. It just fascinates me how these cultures, they're very similar in many ways, and yet they're very different. But the way they interact with the, the earth, the sky above, the elements, and manage to look after the environment. And there's always been a little bit of the environmentalist in me, the geographer. I, I lived in uh, West Africa for a year teaching, and I lived for four years in Ethiopia. So I'm particularly familiar with uh, Southern Ethiopia. 
So I, I try to return there and take little photo tours there uh, once a year or once every 18 months. So I, I have a real soft spot for Ethiopia in particular. But you also photograph different lo- different locations all around the world, right? Oh, yes, I do. I mean, I, I, I love to go to Namibia. I also love landscapes. I mean, that's the other part of my geography, really, is just being somewhere which is so incredibly beautiful, um, Iceland or, or where I live here. My own country of, of Ireland is stunningly beautiful, the perfect, perfect place for photographers to capture light and landscape. Yeah, let's talk about landscape I, uh, a little bit more later on, on, on the show here. Uh, let, let's get back to people because it's it's really like fascinating for me, especially that you travel, you know, to and visit those different locations. Is there one thing you would say that kind of stays the same when it comes to people standing in front of your camera? Like, do you experience similar emotions or reactions when, when photographing them? Actually... Um... Actually, no. I mean, in, in, for example, I've only been to Papua New Guinea once and it's fresh in my mind. The people there just loved having their photograph taken. They were very receptive. But some other parts of the world, I've, I've traveled to Somaliland and I've traveled to Eastern Ethiopia, where cultural differences make it a lot more difficult to take uh, photographs a lot more challenging due to either religious belief or, or a certain shyness towards being photographed. So sometimes sometimes you have to just look and not photograph. Mm-hmm. But what I really think is important is spending time with people and not just going in, taking your shot and leaving. You have to know people. You have to feel something. And even those that are difficult to photograph culturally, if you spend time with them, you know, you, you often get that little chance that maybe others don't get. And mm-hmm. the shot then becomes a possibility. But this, this first step of knowing those people better, is, is this not a barrier which is also very difficult to cross? I mean, you have to kind of enter private sphere of someone or, or maybe a family How do you start such process with, with people, you know, from different cultures or of different languages and so on? Well, I always take a local guide. I always use local um, enterprise, people who know the people. And that is my way in to take, mm-hmm. find a good guide, opens doors that otherwise you would find closed in your face some places you just cannot go alone you wouldn't you wouldn't get the photographs you want to get so someone who can translate who can sit around with you and and you can ask questions using uh, their skills as an interpreter and that makes a lot of difference so that first step becomes easier Okay, so it's so it's then in a way easier with the with the local guide to develop the trust between your, yourself and those people. Yes. Are, are there still locations or like areas you know where because I understand those people are kind of already aware they know what what photography is, what cameras are, and so on. But did you did you ever visit 
street location, you know, or an area where where photography and camera, you know, camera equipment was was something completely new to those people still, or it rather doesn't happen anymore. Um, there are some areas you have to really go off the beaten track now. Most people will know what a camera is, and they're very aware of being photographed. But if you go to remote areas of, say, Ethiopia or even remote areas of northern Namibia, and there are some areas of the world that I haven't actually managed to quite get to yet, mm -hmm. right now they're still not used to being photographed. And occasionally you come across a village where the little kids haven't seen um, a camera before and then they, they run away in terror, you know, at the, the <laughs> sight of this man with a, a great big lens and mm -hmm. uh, a camera. But, but in general, most people know. But in some cases, there are places which are still truly off the beaten track. Are you trying then, you know, with the help of your guide to explain them what it is, what's, what's the purpose of, of, of your travel? Oh yes, I mean, I mean, it, it it is amazing. Most people, even if they're in a village that hasn't seen a group of of tourists or or photographers before, they themselves often will now go to a local market. So they do see people outside the context of their village, and trucks bringing goods in telecommunications, all of these things are changing the way these people live. And some of it's not very good. Mm -hmm. and, and do you try delivering the prints of images in, in some, or, or, you know, images in some other way to those people you photograph? Yes. Um, when I'm in a photo tour, and if we go back to the same village, um, sometimes we take back images uh, printed from the year before, or even showing them an image on the iPhone that was taken before or, or uh, on a device, um, which, which usually brings big smiles. Yeah, and also imagine, I assume you are shooting digitally these, these days, right? Yes, absolutely. So you can also show them the image immediately on the, on the LCD screen. must be also quite an experience for them. It, it is, although if you're in a group and you get... <laughs> yeah, sure. Then it gets more difficult one person showing the image and then the next person's photograph is is ruined because they haven't done <laughs> the kids or the people get so excited so mm -hmm. i try to say show the photos at the end <laughs> what do you think creates a good portrait wow this is i mean this is a question i'm often asked and and it's to me um I always look, first of all, for characters, people who are interesting. It could be old people. It could be young people that are, have pride in their culture. It could be beauty. Um, but I think what makes the portrait is whenever you see it afterwards and you know that person whose photograph you've taken has actually made a connection with you. It's not just mm -hmm. a point, press, disappear. It's, it's stay there, interact, talk, make a joke, have a smile. Even if the lang language is a barrier, you can certainly be interactive. And when you're interactive, I think you get more emotional moments. 
and you also are you a supporter of this of this idea then then such image will will be also stronger when you know when the viewers are actually you know looking at it do you do you, do you think those emotions carry carries on with the image i i think emotions do come across in the image and that's what i'm you know i don't always achieve it but it's what i'm trying to achieve is some sort of connection that is seen in the photograph whenever you look at the photograph afterwards that makes a person say wow you must have you must have you know connected with this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. human being and you know you can actually feel it especially the eyes the eyes make a, a lot of difference in a, in a photograph that yeah so I, i was about to ask you so probably to to you know to have the even i mean the strongest possible impact you you have to actually have the eye contact you're right between your subject and the camera yeah absolutely i mean sometimes i like shooting shooting people whenever they're they're looking somewhere else so they're looking um you know into space or at another mm-hmm. photographer but i think there has to be Uh, a point where you connect eye to eye lens to eye uh, how about the landscape and you know what what creates a good landscape photograph because we, we don't have this human element uh, there right so no. what would be those let's say two two aspects or two elements of a of a good landscape photograph for you um well i think landscape photography is actually in many ways more challenging than than portrait photography although some people would argue the the opposite because i find myself quite comfortable with people landscapes you have time um so you have to think very carefully about composition you have to think about your foreground and i always ask myself Does the foreground connect in some way with the background? Is there are there leading lines? Are there there subjects or, or physical features in the foreground which make it interesting up close as well as in 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 the distance? Light light is just so important, mm-hmm. and the light at the beginning and the end of the day, the, the golden hours are unquestionably the best mm. time to shoot but it's all about composition uh, and maybe a bit of luck in getting the right cloud form and right right uh, light on the hills the right shadow and i have seen in your portfolio actually that you you are combining those two two types of photography very often it means i mean I mean, you're putting people into landscape, into their environment, right? Probably, probably, I can imagine this is kind of what fascinates you the most, right? Well, I, you know, as a, as a geographer, I think, you know, it's the way in which people interact with landscapes that determines uh, the nature of life in this earth. So geography is all about change through space and time. And people have always been a part of landscapes and cultures reflect landscape types. I, I never forget going, you know, from the highlands of Ethiopia to, to the tribal areas. And as soon as the nature of the terrain differs and it becomes more um, arduous to live, you find different types of people 
living in these more challenging marginal environments. So, yes, landscape and people go hand in hand. You mentioned before there are still some locations and places you would you would like to visit. What is like on top of your of your bucket list at the moment? Yeah, I, I really do have a weakness for well landscapes. I'd love to uh, uh, go to the Lofoten Islands in Norway. I haven't haven't actually been there. I would love to go to a place called Kamchatka, which is uh, in eastern Russia. But it's very tough to get there. As far as uh, indigenous people or people photography is concerned, I'd like to go to West Papua, which is the, the easternmost part of Indonesia. Very diverse cultural groups. I'd also like to go back to northern Namibia and into southern Angola. It's... it's um, now an area where you can go and photograph tribes that as yet haven't really um, been used to photographers going in. South Sudan is also on the list, but it's impossible at the moment. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it seems you have some uh, some some scheduling to do to do, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but you are you are um, so you are traveling with with groups, right? You are running also workshops, right? Yes, I, I run workshops, take little photo tours. We take photo tours here in, in Donegal for people coming from wherever, you know, Australia, mm -hmm. Austria, the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, is, is, it the is it the main way you travel, actually, with, with groups, with workshops, or are you I, also going on your own from time to time? I do both. I actually love going on my own. Um, I went with a friend last year to Cuba, He was a videographer, did a bit of video, and I, I took photographs. And we just did it all ourselves. And I still love that challenge of just being the traveler, getting out mm -hmm. there. How about when it comes to actual photographs? Do you, do, you, do you observe, you know, I mean, for sure you do, like kind of different dynamics and also, you know, being in a different zone when creating your photographs. Do you, do you teaching is one thing and it's great, but producing your own photographs, do you realize that you are producing better photographs when being alone by yourself or, or doesn't it really matter, you know, in comparison when, when being with a group? That's a really good question, actually. Um, when you're with a group, you, you have to really think about what the group wants and sometimes create the best angle, you know, you, you spot the moment for them. And that often means it's a very good photograph uh, for you as well. Mm -hmm. So I find myself when I'm on my own doing the same sort of thing, you know, looking at situations. But this is purely being selfish when you're on your own because you have a chance to shoot it uh, just you and no mm -hmm. one else will have the shot. Uh, so there are advantages in, in both. I guess being on your own gives you that sense of, well, this is truly mine and no one else is really seeing mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. And you can put your magical little stamp on it. But even when you're with a group, you get 10 photographers in a group and they'll all shoot in different ways. They'll all look for different things. I will tell them what I like doing and how I do it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a very subjective um, art form, if you like. 
Yeah, absolutely. I experience the same. Sometimes I'm I'm traveling with groups and, uh, you know, the same small subject, but then we are looking at each other's images and this, this, there are just 10 different photographs, right? So this, this is just crazy. It's amazing. That, absolutely. But that's one of the joys. Now we say, okay, I might not like that, but I appreciate what you've done. And then someone will produce something. I think, wow, I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> What camera are you using these days for your for your travel I, photography? I have two at the moment. I have a, a Nikon D810 and a Nikon D750 with four or five very good lenses. I'm very tempted by the new uh, Nikon D850, but that, mm -hmm. that's a little bit of an investment. So, so has it been a Nikon all those years, or you tried different brands of cameras? I I. I've used Nikon now for a long time. I, I used I used to take slide um, slides when I travelled, and I had uh, very good Nikon's. And before that, I had a Minolta. And I think my very first camera was a, a Roly Flex, quite okay. nice little camera um, for a, for an SLR. But uh, now I now I use Nikon, and it's too, it's too expensive to think about changing. So, so what what would you say makes you stick to 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 Nikon as a brand, or what made you stick to it, you know, and start investing into the system? Is there something you know special about the system which is so important for you? Well, I mean, if I had to criticize it, I would say it, it's quite a heavy system, mm -hmm. but it's very resilient. It travels well. And their lenses, they, especially the, the faster lenses, take superb, uh, superbly sharp images. And that's what I love. The sensor is very good. It, 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 it isn't, they've never let me down. Wonderful. Uh, Trevor, just quickly about uh, 500px. I, I discovered actually your work on 500px.com on the platform. Uh, do you re remember uh, when it was that you that, that you discovered 500px? How did you get on this platform? And uh, what is it about it that, that you are enjoying? Well, 500px, I mean, I, I, I put my photographs up in a number of, of uh, if you like, sites. And 500px was the first one. And I, I, I guess I quite enjoyed the fact that when you put your photograph out there, it's seen by others. Um, and after a while, you know, it becomes a little bit competitive. Um, the thing is to do well in 500px, you really, you really have to have a large number of followers. Mm -hmm. So to use 500px effectively... You, you have to commit to it. You have to stay with it uh, for a few years. And then people slowly, slowly, slowly see your images appearing and you become better known and therefore you get a larger number of, of visual likes. Yeah, there is quite, quite a number of great photographers on, on 500px, right? So do you also feel it? Even this, you know, being there with your photographs and, you know, having the account, even this fact kind of, you know, pushes you in terms of creativity and, you know, you know, uh, going for, for, for new images, you know, just, just does it kind of push your, your creativity in a way? That, you know, this is a funny thing because it's just a platform where you show images, but it's also a community, right? It is a community. And yes, it's a platform where you show images. 
But absolutely, I always say to my my photographer friends or people that are out in the course, if I'm not learning something um, or not getting inspiration from others, then I'm not really enjoying my photography. Whenever I see a really great image, I think, whoa, there's something to, to aspire to. And there are some people out there that really do inspire and they keep you focused and motivated to make your photography even better. Wonderful, Trevor. Last thing, this is something special. This is, a, this is an audio podcast, right? But I have like an exercise I try with, with you know, my guests. I'm just looking at the photograph. It's called, it's, you uploaded it to, to 500px, I guess, two days ago. And it's called Ari Girl, Jinka. I oh, think. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I and, and, so I want to ask you, and, you know, could you, like, um, imagine you are talking to somebody and just talking about this photograph, like talking to our listeners right now. Could you just, you know, describe the photograph and kind of tell our listeners what, because it's an amazing shot, absolutely stunning. So, like, what was the situation? And uh, just tell us about the photo that we can start imagining it in our heads. Well, it was a, a photo tour to southern Ethiopia, and uh, we went around to a variety of the tribes. Now, this, this the Ari tribe are, relatively speaking, quite westernized, and I just love to, to walk around a village and look for opportunity. And this little girl was sitting in a doorway And it, in a way, it's my ideal type of portrait shot because her face is standing apart from the darker background. So I use a technique called spot metering to, to meter on mm -hmm. the face, which casts the background into darkness and therefore provides a great contrast And that, that, if you look through any of my photographs, I do try when I can to get subjects in a place or position, um, which enables me to take a, a, an interesting shot. But she just had a, a really, uh, just a really interesting little face. And uh, she just sat there and, and it was almost a, a candid moment. She didn't really... Mm -hmm change your expression very much while while being photographed she was of course aware that she was being photographed but she she just sat there and, and took it in her stride so so how much time did you spend with her would you say well I, I i think we we there was a group of us we we spent maybe an hour in that area just taking photographs mm -hmm. and, and connecting with people and saying hello and putting the camera down and, and talking to them or... or and you, uh, you took a few shots of, of her as one of them or you just took this one shot? No, no, I, I, I never take uh, one shot. One tiny little bit of movement um, and, you know, I, I want those eyes or at least one of those eyes um, super mm -hmm. sharp. Mm -hmm. so I, I, I think... Take a few to make sure. Right. I think I can even see you in, in, in her eyes, the reflection of yourself, right? I, I think it's... Maybe. That's when I have a sharp shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but a really compliment. I mean, this is the best 
you know, shot portrait. I, I, you know, for for my standards, because basically, I mean, it's amazing. It's a, like I am looking at it just at the monitor, right? But I have the feeling that I am basically standing in front of this girl life, you know. So this is just wonderful. Congratulations here. Oh, thank you. That's nice of you. Yeah. Trevor, thanks so much for 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 getting here and uh, you know finding this. What was it? I don't know. Even twenty twenty five minutes with us with our listeners. Your next destination? What what are, what are the plans for the next weeks? Um, well, I have a photo tour coming here at the end of uh, September. And at the moment, we're just planning our photo tours for 2018. So Romania, hopefully sometime in the new year. I'm hoping to go to the tribes of eastern India later next year, Ethiopia, and uh, we'll see what else materializes. Iceland, possibly. So we'll see. But but there's always lots to to dream about, and always somewhere uh, out there that deserves um, a bit of attention from the photographer. Yeah, wonderful. Ho- hopefully, you can cross something out from your from your bucket list next next year, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I crossed a couple this year. There's a couple of places. I, I try and go s- somewhere new each year just to revitalize the senses. Nice, nice, wonderful, Trevor. Ha- have safe, great travels. Wonderful light wherever you go, and uh, yeah, take good care. Thanks so much for today. <laughs>